continue the series on Rich Through His Poverty. And uh, in the previous teaching, we had a look at uh, the fact that we need to be walking by faith in this area. If we're going to experience the blessing of God financially in our lives, then we're going to have to apply the same principle of faith that we apply to every other area of our Christian walk. For the scripture is very plain that the just shall live by faith. And so we said that we're going to have to start speaking to our finances, for our Lord taught us to speak to the mountain. But it's not just a case of speaking to our finances. We said that uh, when we do begin to exercise our faith in this area, that the Lord would prosper us financially, um, that this particular um, area this where, where the, the power of God is made manifest is very seldom made manifest immediately in this particular area. We said that um, there are numerous miracles that occur when we believe in the, the gospel. One of the new birth, for example, we said that when somebody uh, meets those conditions, they believe in their heart, they confess with their mouth, Christ is Lord, they're born again instantly. And then we said that with regards to healing, it is possible that one can uh, believe uh, for the healing and receive instant healing from the Lord. But it's also just as possible that one who believes in healing from the Lord can then begin to recover over a period of time. And so we said with regards to believing God uh, to prosper us financially, um, that normally speaking what happens is the Lord begins to prosper us over a period of time. So it's not an instant uh, answer to prayer, it is a progressive answer to prayer. We said the main reason for that is, is because the Lord has to then begin to change our lifestyle um, and our, our view of dealing with finances has to change in order for the Lord to be able to bless us and to sustain us in, in the blessing that He pours out upon us. Because again, remember we said, we said that our Lord when He was on the earth, he, the way that He dealt with the poor is that He said the poor have the gospel preached to them. And so it's a case of the Lord uh, imparts His knowledge to us through His Gospel as to how we're to deal with our finances and thus uh, implement changes in our lifestyles. And when we do, then we can experience uh, the blessing of God in those areas and begin to uh, um, experience uh, prosperity in our lives. And so what we want to do today in today's teaching is we want to explore this avenue of living a balanced lifestyle because uh, it's when we learn to live a balanced lifestyle in the area of our finances that we will then experience uh, a greater degree of prosperity in um, our daily living. Um, and the scripture we will open up with today is in John's Gospel, John chapter 6 verse 12. And the scripture says, So when they, had, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. And so this uh, very small little passage of Scripture, but it's very instructive to us, because what it does is it reveals to us the Lord Jesus, and obviously then God the Father's viewpoint with regards to wastage, because our Lord didn't want anything to be, to be lost. He said, gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Um, now that's not the normal... Uh, thing that takes place in uh, this world, basically. When people have eaten to their full, um, whatever's left over, it just gets thrown away by, by and large. But our Lord doesn't do that. Our Lord takes up all of the fragments, and there were quite a few baskets that were filled, 
Um, and his comment is, so that nothing is lost. And so the Lord just gives us a bit of insight here as to his view about wastefulness. And so what we're looking at uh, in this section of the, the teaching uh, in the series is God's um, changing of our lifestyle. Because, again, as we confess that God will take care of us financially and we confess the blessing of God over our lives, we have, our Lord said, thereby, though he was rich here for our sakes, he made himself poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. It's not a case we just confess that and then money starts flying into our bank account. Not at all. What happens is God now starts to deal with us in various areas of our lives. And this is one of the areas that the Lord begins to deal with us. In that he begins to work upon us from the point of view of we, started, we start look, really looking at our lives. And we look at any wastefulness that is occurring in our lives. And you'll be surprised when you actually do reassess your finances and the way that you spend money, um, you will find that there's a lot of wastage that occurs and that if you're just, just diligent in these areas and not tolerate wastage, as our Lord didn't, um, you will find that there's a huge amount of money that you actually are able to save because of cutting back on wastefulness in um, dealing with finances. And so this is just one of the areas that the Lord begins to deal with us uh, because He imparts His wisdom to us. We need to uh, be wise in our dealing with in financial matters. And one of those aspects of, of, of wisdom in this area is that we're to cut out all wastefulness because the Lord um, does not condone it. And, you know, the Lord is not overly pleased when he blesses us and then we waste that which he blesses us with and so he expects us to be good stewards of his finances that he blesses us with and as i say we just had a look at a, a, a very small example but a very telling example of uh, the lord's viewpoint about wastage and so we as his saints if we're going to prosper in this area we need to be revisiting our finances and the way that we spend our finances every single month um, and cut out all wastefulness because as i say you'll be surprised when you do cut back on what is really not necessary um, you will find that there's a lot more finances available than what you thought you had in the first place let's have a look at another scripture now which is again just talking to us along this particular uh, line because today we want to just look at uh, implementing a balanced lifestyle um, so that we're approaching uh, prosperity as God wants us to approach it. It's not a case of well, God now wants to make us multi-millionaires and the money is just going to come in and so you know, that's how God operates. Not at all. God deals with us um, precept by precept line upon line. So he takes us into this. He leads us and he guides us. He changes the way that we think. He changes the way that we behave. And in this area, that's, there's no difference. And so the scripture we can look at is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 10 to 12. Scripture says, But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, 
that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. And so this is uh, the admonition of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to His church, to His saints, is that we're to aspire to lead a quiet life, we're to walk, um, work with our own hands, He says, um, so that we may lack nothing. And so it's when the, the believer reaches this uh, place in their, their, their viewpoint about life, in that their aspiration is to live a quiet life. So they don't aspire to live an extravagant life. They don't aspire to live uh, a, a life of, of um, you know, luxury and, and, and abundance. They aspire to live, lead a quiet life and they work with their own hands. Now, the Lord says to us, when we do that, when we uh, adjust our viewpoint about life to meet that criteria, that we will then lack nothing, because that's what he says in verse 12, and that you may lack nothing. So when it's when believers you know, are not really content with that which they have, and they're striving to get more than what they have, that's when they land up in, in a certain amount of trouble, basically, because they're now stepping outside of the counsel of God, because the, the counsel of God is that we're to aspire to lead a quiet life. Now, the Lord does bless us. He adds His blessing to us. And when He does, we rejoice in that. But we're not to strive after that. We are to aspire to lead a quiet life. Now, you, you think about the world's view about this aspect of finances. Um, very few in the world aspire to lead a quiet life. A lot of them aspire to attain more and more and more. Um, and the counsel of the Holy Spirit is we're not to go down that road. We're to aspire to lead a quiet life. We're to work with our own hands. And when we do that, He says to us that we will lack nothing. And so it's just, a, again, the, the Lord bringing across that aspect of contentment, godliness with contentment is great gain. And so the, the balanced lifestyle that the Lord wants to instill into His saints is that when it comes to the area of finances, we really do need to learn to live in this area of contentment. And so He says we're to aspire to lead, lead a quiet lifestyle. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 to 12, the Scripture says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. And so again, um, here the, the Holy Spirit is once again admonishing the saints that we need to work in quietness and eat our own bread. Um, laziness is not condoned in the kingdom of God. Um, the scripture says in Proverbs 18.9 that he who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. And so the kingdom of God does not, God doesn't condone laziness within uh, his kingdom. And obviously we are all part of the kingdom of God. And so much so that God says in this passage of scripture that if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. And so what uh, the Holy Spirit is really saying to the church here 
is if there are uh, members in the body of Christ in the local congregation, for argument's sake, that are just you know, refusing to do any work. Because here he's talking about uh, those who are busybodies and uh, walking in a disorderly manner, not working at all. Um, his counsel to the church is they're not to be helped because they refuse to do work. Now, if God says to his saints, his church, do not help those members of the body of Christ because these are in, um, children of God, but they refuse to work. And if the Holy Spirit is counseling his church not to help them, because if they will not work, the scripture says, neither shall they eat. Um, God applies that same principle from his own uh, point of view, from the point of view of if any of his saints refuse to work, he's not going to help them. He's not going to help them in their daily living because he's not going to tell his church to do something that he's not going to do. God's not unjust in this area. So when God instructs the church to do something, it's because he does exactly the same thing. And so those individuals uh, cannot expect God to uh, bless them financially because they're lazy. And as I say, the scripture is very really plain on the issue that um, laziness is not tolerated within the kingdom of God. It is expected of us to work with our own hands so that God can bless us with the work that we actually do. He does bless us with work. Um, and when we apply ourselves in this area of, of our work, whatever work it is that the Lord gives to us to do, and we apply ourselves in it, what we find is that we start to become more diligent in our work. And so the, the what's the word I'm looking for? The quality of work that we produce begins to become far better than it used to be in the past. And that is one of the ways that the Lord is able to bless us. Because again, the scripture says that he who deals with a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent becomes rich. And so we're talking how God begins to bless us, and one of the ways that he begins to bless us is he begins to change our attitudes. Um, so that we approach our work that He blesses us with, with a different viewpoint. So that, Lord, whatever we do, we're doing it as unto the Lord. And so, you know, we become more diligent in that which the Lord tells us to do. We become more productive in that which the Lord gives us to do. And so, it is one of the ways that the Lord is then able to bless us because we will then obviously just experience the blessing of God because the, the quality of work that we produce um, demands that those who are benefited by the work that we do in fact reward us financially for that work that we do. Now again, just getting back to the passage of Scripture, it says that if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. And so that's one aspect. Um, if, if the saint refuses to do what God has called them to do or given them to do, well, then God's hands are tied in the issue. God can't bless them. And in fact, he instructs his church not to bless them either. But it's not talking about the individual who cannot work. So there are individuals out there, for argument's sake, who are unemployed, who cannot uh, find work at, the, at any given time. You know, things happen, companies close down and people get retrenched. Um, that's a different scenario. So that person is seeking employment, doesn't yet have employment. And so God, in that instance, takes care of that individual and expects the church to also assist that individual. 
uh, because it's not that the person is lazy and choosing not to work, it's because the person is young, just actively seeking employment and has not yet found employment. So from that point of view, God then still takes care of the individual. So that uh, comment about if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat, it's not a case if anyone cannot work, neither shall he eat. Um, God is not unjust in this area. Another scripture we can look at is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. The scripture says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good. Why? That he may have something to give to him who has need. And so again, here's uh, the Holy Spirit saying once again, in all of these scriptures we've seen, that God is admonishing His saints that whatever work the Lord provides us to do, that is what we're to apply ourselves in. Because it's in doing uh, the work that the Lord has given us to do that He is then able to bless the labor of our hands. He is able to give increase to that which we, we do. If we choose to do nothing, well then God can't bless that because there's nothing that we're doing that He can bless. But if we go out and we apply ourselves diligently in that which He does bless us with, work-wise that is, um, then it is that God can take that and God can give us increase through that and He can bless the labor of our hands and cause um, fruitfulness to be uh, brought forth from that. It's like a, a, a farmer, a farmer who has a property to, to be able to farm on um, and he has seed. If he chooses not to sow the seed, well then, you know, he's not going to eat because nothing's going to grow. And he can't complain to God because nothing grows because God has given him the, the ground to sow his seed. God has given him the seed to sow into the ground. And God expects him to sow his seed, nurture his seed, and God gives the increase. You know, because that's just the way things work. No, no farmer uh, is able to cause the crop to grow. What the farmer can do is sow his seed and nurture the seed. God is the one who causes the crops to grow. But God can only cause the crops to grow if that farmer is sowing his seed and is nurturing his seed. And so, as it is with a farmer in uh, agriculture, so it is with our lives as saints in whatever um, work that the Lord has provided for us to do. We're to sow our seed, so to speak, in that we're to go out every single day and we're to apply ourselves diligently in the work that the Lord gives us to do and nurture that seed in that we, we, we water the seed. We, we are, are diligent in our work. And when we, are, when we do that, God is able then to give us increase in that. He's able to bless the labor of our hands. And that is what our Lord is um, in this area because there are three main areas that God changes our thinking in when it comes to us dealing with um, financial prosperity. And one of the, the first, one of, well, one of the main areas is God changes our attitude to life in general so that we no longer tolerate wastage in our financial affairs. You know, we, we are diligent and good stewards of the finances that the Lord blesses us with. We don't, we're not extravagant, we don't waste a lot of this, the, 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 the blessing that the Lord pours out upon us. The other area is we become more uh, diligent in that which the Lord does bless us with, in that we apply ourselves. We're not uh, slothful in any way. 
we become um, far more diligent in that which the Lord gives us to do and we approach it with uh, more purpose so that the Lord can then bless us. So we don't, you know, the Bible says, again, the Bible says, he who de deals with a slack hand becomes poor. And so it's not only the ones who refuse to work, it's the ones who work, uh, you know, just I'll do what I need to do but nothing more. Now the Lord can't bless that. The Lord expects us because we do all things as unto the Lord. And so when we have that attitude in what the Lord gives us to do, and we do it as unto Him, well then the Lord can now take that and bless that, because He's pleased with that. But, you know, again, let's go to um, Abel and Cain's sacrifice. Abel offered his first fruits. He gave God his best. Cain gave God whatever was left over. You know, he did it because he had to. God acknowledged Abel's offering. God did not acknowledge Cain's offering. The blessing came upon Abel. The blessing did not come upon Cain. And so that's what our Lord is trying to get us to adjust to. When we begin to exercise our faith in this area, we will find that our attitudes to these areas in our, our Christian walk will begin to change so that we can begin, God can begin to work through that and thus bless us and sustain us in that which He has given us to do. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, if we apply ourselves, again, the Holy Spirit has said very plainly, if we work with our own hands that which is good, we will have something to give to Him who is in need. So what does that mean? That means that we'll have our own needs met and we'll have sufficient left over so that we're able to bless others as well. Because again, the scripture says, uh, God is able to make all grace abound toward us so that we always have all sufficiency in all things and an abundance for every good work. So it is the will of the Father that we always have all of our needs met all of the time and that we always have sufficient to be able to bless others who are themselves in need. That's where God wants His saints to be living. But in order for them to do that, they need to be applying these kind of principles to their lifestyles. They need to not be covetous. They need to be content in what they have. Um, and so when we walk in that place where we are comfortable with what God's given us, and we don't aspire to have any more, very soon you'll find that you you find that you'll have enough to, to live by and you'll have enough for others as well. Now it doesn't mean that God won't then bless you because He does and He will bless you. But it's not a case of Lord I want more, more, more because when we go to that place we're now stepping out of contentment into covetousness. Look at another scripture uh, along this line. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 to 10. We've dealt with it but it, it just helps us to see this once again. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And so again, we need to get to this place where we are living a balanced lifestyle, that we're content with that which the Lord blesses us with, and we do not strive to get more. We strive to um, 
be diligent in that which the Lord has given us already. And we strive to serve Him in that which He has blessed us with. And when we do, God is faithful. God is the one who then adds more blessing to our lives. And He increases um, prosperity in our lives. But it's not like the world does. In that we don't seek after riches. And as He talks about in this passage of Scripture, He's talking about Christians who desire to be rich. They pierce themselves through with many sorrows. But in Proverbs 10.22, our Lord says that when the Lord makes rich, um, he, he adds no sorrow with it. The scripture says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And so when we apply ourselves diligently as God calls us to in that which he has blessed us with, I'm talking about whatever our labor the Lord has given to us to do, then it is that the Lord, um, his blessing makes us rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. So it's God who adds the blessing to us. Remember we saw the scripture that said, our Lord said, you know, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so who adds it? It's God who adds it to us. We don't go seeking after it. Our, our will is to do the will of the Father. And so our, uh, our desire is to please him, is to be diligent in um, pleasing Him in that which He has blessed us with. When we are doing that, when we're seeking, when we are we're aspiring to lead a quiet life, when we're diligently working with our own hands, we're not wasteful in that which the Lord blesses us with. When we're doing all of that, then slowly but surely, we will find that the Lord will add to us and we will, He will give increase to our lives. Um, and so we're not to get caught up in chasing after things. If the Lord wants to add blessing to us, which He does, and He will in His own time, um, our job is to be diligent in applying ourselves in that which the Lord has given us to do. And when we do, we'll experience the blessing of God. Um, and so there's two areas by and large that uh, this pertains to, and that is for the individual who is working for somebody else and for the individuals who are in fact themselves employers of others. Um, and so we look at the area where because the majority of the Lord's saints are employers, employees. We said that. We said that under the old, well, in, in the New Testament time, the majority of the saints were in fact slaves um, because the majority of the saints were poor. And in those days, the slaves were the ones who were poor. And so there were slaves and masters. Um, under, in, in today's life, we don't have slavery anymore. But what we do have is we have... Um, the relationship that kind of is uh, all across the earth today is that you have employers and employees. And so in Paul's day and in the New Testament times, you had masters and you had slaves. That has been replaced with employers and employees. And so the vast majority of the Lord's saints are employees. They work for somebody else and they earn uh, their income through that method. And so God has clear instructions to his saints who fall into that category. And let's have a look at what God does say about that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 8, the scripture says, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleases, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will doing service as to the Lord, not to men, 
knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. So that's, again, so we can say whether he is um, an employee or an employer. And then another scripture is 1 Timothy 6, 1 to 2. Scripture says, Let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved, teach and exhort these things. And so, you know, again, the Holy Spirit through these passages of Scripture is just admonishing us that if we find ourselves in a place where we work for someone else, uh, we're the employee and we work for an employer, well, then we're to apply ourselves to the work that is given to us as if we were working for the Lord, as unto the Lord. And so when we do that, when we have that attitude, um, then we will find that the work, the quality of work that we will produce will be far uh, better than we would have done otherwise. Um, and because of that, we can expect that the Lord will bless us through it. And He does. He does bless us through it. But, you know, he, he, I want you to notice also, it doesn't matter whether the employer is a believer or an unbeliever. The attitude of the employee must still be exactly the same. That it's not just a case, well, uh, I'm, I'm working for an unbeliever, so, you know, I'm not going to give him my best because, you know, he doesn't believe uh, in, in, in the Lord Jesus and he doesn't believe in the kingdom of God. Um, no, we're to work as unto the Lord. And with regards to a believing boss, we're not to think, well, you know, he's, he's my brother in the Lord, so, you know, he understands and God understands, and so I don't need to really apply myself. No, again, we're meant to apply ourselves so that our employers are benefited. And because they're benefited, the Lord is able to bless us in those areas. Think about uh, Joseph again. He was a slave, um, but he was very diligent in that which he did. And so the Lord was able to take that and bless him, and he became the head of part of his household. Um, and, you know, the Lord was able to bless him through that. And so it's just an example given to us of how our Lord expects us to be in these areas, that we are to be diligent in that which he gives us to do. But on the other side of the coin, we have the, the employees, uh, employers, should I say, um, and God also speaks to them. And he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, and you masters do the same things to them, talking about your, the slaves, obviously employees, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Colossians 4.1 Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And so again, the Lord just on the other side of the coin uh, admonishes those who are employers to treat their staff justly and fairly as they would expect to be treated by their own master in heaven. And he does. He treats us justly and fairly. But with this, the measure we use, it is measured unto us. And so, you know, if we're not going to treat our employees fairly and justly, well, then we cannot expect God to treat us justly and fairly. Um, because, again, the, the biblical principle is that with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. And uh, Lord said, do unto others as you would have them do, do unto you. So, you know, it's not a case of because you're the, the boss that you can now threaten your staff. Um, and, you know, 
there's nothing pleasant about being threatened by your employer in a situation. So that's not uh, godly counsel at all. God says he doesn't threaten us, and so we're not to threaten our staff. And so, again, God just, all of this is a, a change in our attitude, a change in our, the, the, line, the way we deal with um, this area of our lives. Because what we're wanting to see is the blessing of God to come through in our lives in this area. And so, there were three main things we really looked at, is that, that we're not to be wasteful. God starts dealing us with in this area of wastefulness so that we assess what God blesses us with and we do not squander that which the Lord blesses us with. You will find that your finances stretch a lot further than you ever thought they could. And then the other thing is that we're to learn to be content once again. We learn to, we're to aspire to lead a, lead a quiet life. Um, we're to be diligent in work, so we're not to be lazy. Uh, God cannot bless laziness. He cannot bless slothfulness. He cannot bless those who choose not to work. Uh, in fact, he says, not going to happen. You're not going to get blessed. Um, and so we do need to uh, seek after employment. And when our Lord does provide us with employment, whatever that employment might be, we're to apply ourselves completely and diligently in that. And so when we do that, um, God then blesses the fruit of our labor. Um, the quality of the work that we produce is just, uh, it rises up. And because of that, God is able, the quality of the crop that we produce becomes that much greater. And so instead of producing 30-fold, we start producing 60-fold and 100-fold. And that's when we start reaping in a greater harvest and the Lord is able to bless us. And obviously, with the employer-employee relationship, as the employee uh, gives of, of themselves completely in their work as unto the Lord, so the employer gives of himself completely unto their staff as looking after the Lord's um, people. Even though they might be unbelievers, God still expects us to treat our employees justly and fairly. And so that's really what we wanted to touch on today. Uh, the next area we want to look, on, look at with regards to this particular topic, with regards to walking in prosperity, because we said when we start exercising our faith um, in this area, there are, there are three main areas that God begins to change in our lives. The one is that He begins to change our viewpoints uh, so that we start living a balanced lifestyle as Christians ought to. And then the other area we'll, we'll look at in the next teaching is in the area of giving. Um, because it's a very important area we need to learn to, uh, to sow and to reap in the area of giving so that God can bless us through that avenue as well. So we're going to end the teaching on that.